So tonight we are starting a brand new series, um, and it is something that uh, I think we can all relate to, to a certain degree. It's called My Big Fat Mouth. Has anyone ever told you that you have a big fat mouth? Is that, <laughs> that, that makes sense. Those of you that just screamed into the abyss, that's fantastic. Um, so uh, we're going to walk through just a few, the next, over the next few weeks, um, some times that maybe our mouth kind of gets us into trouble. Anybody guilty of just saying things without ever thinking about it? Raise your hand. Uh, a lot of us in the room, I've got hands raised and fingers pointed. Yeah, that's all right. This is a safe place. Uh, that was pretty much my entire childhood. I was told, hey, uh, make sure you don't think, uh, don't say those things over and over again. I can tell you countless stories, but I'll save them for another time. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of see how God's word will equip us to be careful of how our words, how the things that come out of our mouth can affect other people, can affect ourselves, can affect our walk with the Lord. And uh, in order to kick off uh, the first series, Tonight, after this, we have free Chipotle in the gym uh, for everyone. Um, tonight, we're talking about lying. So, uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn. Sorry about that. Um, so that was a lie, by the way. We do not have Chipotle. Uh, some of you are probably fine with that because are, are you Moe's people? Who are Moe's people? <laughs> yeah, no. Who's Chipotle people? All right. There's, uh, there's another place that I just learned about. I think Joey works there. It's called uh, Noble or Choble, whatever. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's not as good as Chipotle. I'll tell you that right now. Chipotle is incredible. All right, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 8. Now listen, every time we come in this room, we are going to work through what God's Word has to say. It is so helpful if you have your Bible with you when you come in here because, so tonight, for example, uh, we're going to be kind of all over the place in God's Word, and uh, you can park it in John 8, and that's fine because that's where we're going to kind of land at the end of the night. Um, but I would encourage you to bring your Bible. It's important for you to see it for yourself in God's Word. I think that's really, I think that's really important for all of us. Um, and, like, I don't know about you, but I like underlining in my Bible. I think it, it's not a sin to write in your Bible, I promise. Um, and, and to be honest with you, there's probably people in this room right now that might not even believe in the Bible, and to be honest, like, I'm glad that you're here. Maybe this is the first time. Maybe somebody drug you here. Um, this is something that we value quite a bit, um, and we believe that what's happening in here is truth. But if there is something that you might disagree with, or maybe there's something that you're just like, to be honest, I don't believe any of that stuff. And you, and you want somebody to talk through it with you, or you have some questions that, like, man, I'm so skeptical. I would love to have a chance to talk with you, um, not to debate in any way, but just to kind of help maybe you understand some of the things that we know to be true. So tonight, um, we're talking about lying. Uh, does anybody know? Can, can anybody just think of a number right now? As to what some studies might say, an average person lies. The amount per day that the average person lies, all right? Think of a number in your head, and then on the count of three, I just want you to say that number out loud, all right? Think of the number. All right, ready? One, two, three. All right. 
To be honest with you, I don't. I heard 106. Was that the right? Okay. All right. So the higher your number, the bigger of a liar you are as an individual. Um, if you set a lower number, maybe you don't lie as much. Uh, but the average, according to some studies, they were kind of all over the place. But some people say that the average person lies 25 times a day. Was that your guess? 27? Oh, winner. Did anybody guess 25? All right, fine. You all win free Chipotle at the end of this. Uh, just kidding. I lied about that. So there's a good chance that a lot of us have lied quite a few times before we've walked into this room. Anybody like to admit that, we're, that you have lied today at some point? Raise your hand. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. Well, don't be proud of it. Like, you can't be pumped about it, right? All right. So here's the thing. Here's what's going to be tricky for us tonight. Lying is one of those things that happens so often that it becomes sort of okay. The more you do it, the more desensitized you might be to it. And so for us, it's probably helpful for us to say, okay, what, is, what does God think about lying? Yeah, well, that was more rhetorical. Let's just go to his word. I bet you he'll tell us. That's how the Bible works. So uh, if you have your Bibles and you want to flip here quickly, you can. If you just want to listen and take a look at them on the screen, you can. But let's take a look at what God has to say about lying. Here's what Proverbs 12, verse 22 says. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Anybody got lying lips in the room? We just admitted that earlier. Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19 says this. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, there it is, hands that shed innocent blood, good company that lying's in, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Let's keep going. Proverbs 19, 5. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. That's pretty intense. A few verses later, verse 9 says, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish, which also means to die. Did you just cheer for that? All right. Got some liars in the room. Psalm 101 verse 7 says, No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Now here's the thing. If we're not careful, we can make lying a funny thing, which there are times when maybe we use it as a joke. I did this at the beginning of this talk right now. But if we look truly at God's word, we see that there is actually a very strong opinion that God has of lying. And if we're not careful, we will continue to engage in it so long as the consequences are controlled. If God detests, and in some sense it says that it is an abomination to God for us to lie. And it's also something that we've readily admitted we have done many times today then I think it's probably time at some point in our lives that we bring the two together and recognize, hey, you know what? I need to start lying less because of what God thinks of lying. And in fact, let's go to the other extreme. Let's not just think about what God thinks about this. What does the enemy have to say about lying? 
Here's what, here's what the Bible says. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 8. He says this, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. Check this out. This is talking about Satan. There is no truth in him. When he lies, this is interesting, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when we engage in lying, who are we aligning ourselves with? We see pretty clearly that God detests lying. It's an abomination to him. And then we see on the other side, it's actually the native language of Satan, of the enemy. So sometimes we decide, oh, let's just continue to engage in this. I'm going to lie just because it's just a small one. It's not that big of a deal. I'll just kind of leave it alone. What's, what's the worst that could happen? The reality is every time we do that, we're aligning ourselves far more with Satan than we are with God. Now, that's a problem for us that claim to be believers, right? So if we can understand that lying is an abomination to God and it is something that is the native language of Satan, then why do we do it? So my entire life growing up, my parents were with me all the time. The church that I went to, they worked at. The school that I went to, they worked at. Um, the summer camp that I went to, they worked at. My dad was the director of this summer camp in Miami. It was called Camp Woodlands. Sounds cool. No woodlands in Miami, I can tell you that. It's just flat and marshy and swampy and gross. Every year we would go to this camp. Now, it was probably, I think I was 11. And one summer, now this wasn't a Christian camp, but there were, some, there were Christians at the camp. But one summer, I thought, you know what? This summer, I'm going to cuss all summer. <laughs> Whatever. You people do that all the time. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. Fuck. So, so I said, I'm going to cuss this entire summer. I was going to do it. Like every morning, I kind of psych myself up like, mm, heck, like, mm, like, dang it. Like I had to like, that, like I would actually use like other ones, but like I was trying to psych myself up, right? So I get to camp and I, I'd start kind of throwing it in, but like not in like the right context. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to give you examples because that'd be kind of weird right now. But you would understand, right? You know those people who probably say, where is it? You're just like, you don't even know what you're talking about, right? That was me. So all summer. We get to like week five or six. Granted, my dad is the director of this camp, okay? We're on this lake and we're, we're pedal boarding or pedal boating. You know what a pedal boat is where you kind of like sit in there with a partner and you kind of just like, it's exhausting. I wouldn't do it now, but it doesn't matter. I had my partner, his name was Bubba. I don't know if that was his given name when he was born, but every, I feel like every camp has somebody named Bubba, and that was the kid that was still with me. Now, Bubba was kind of a, he was kind of a rebel, and so I knew that it was safe to cuss around Bubba because he would have been right there with me, right? Well, it just so happened that my dad was also pedal boarding or pedal boating in the same lake. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I could just say it quietly. It's not that big of a deal. So me and Bubba are talking, I'm like, Bubba, man, mm. like, or whatever. Like, it just made no sense. And so Bubba goes, so my dad's also named Lewis, so Bubba goes, hey, Mr. Lewis, and calls my dad across the lake. And my dad's like, yeah, squeak, 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 <laughs> like just kind of like gets the boat near us. 
He goes, hey, uh, your son just cussed. And I looked at Bubba, and I was like, shut up, please. Like, he's going to kill me. Like, I'm, that's it. This is the end of my life. He's going to drown me in this lake, and then never again, everybody would never hear about me. Here's what my dad said. Bubba was kind of a troublemaker. My dad said, Bubba, be quiet. My son would never do something like that. And so instantly my heart was like, ugh, and I never cussed again. Actually, I don't know if that's true. But, but I will say, I will say that was so significant because here, here's what the reality was I was lying to my dad the entire time. The entire summer I was lying to my dad. And the moment I got found out, what made it even worse is that my dad believed in me enough to defend me to somebody else who actually knew the truth. Oh, it was brutal. And maybe you've been in that space where you've, you've lied or you're, you're currently maybe even in a lie right now where you've got some situation that you're trying to claw your way out of. You've been there before. If you're not in it right now, you've been there before where you kind of have to keep track of your lies. You know what I'm talking about? If we understand that God believes that lies are an abomination, they're detestable. Satan, it's his native language. Why do we lie? I think, I think there's plenty of scenarios that we lie. And I actually think that we see these things played out in God's word as well. These aren't new thoughts that we've come up with that says this is a thing that's going to justify our lying. You know what's an interesting word? Technically. You ever used that word technically before? You know what I'm talking about? You text your mom and dad, hey, I'm on my way. You're not on your way. But in your mind, you're saying, well, technically, I'm moving towards my car, even though it's really slowly. Or, hey, mom, uh, I'm with this person. Technically, I was with 40 other people, but I was also with this person. You know what I'm talking about? You know technically. Who's used technically before? Yeah? All right. Technically, technically is, is just a lie that you are trying to work out for your own favor. So here's, here's the thing. Why, why do we lie? The first one I think is, is pretty easy, to avoid consequences. To avoid consequences. You did something wrong. You did something you weren't supposed to do. So if I lie and cover it up, I'm going to avoid all consequences, Right? Yeah, first of all, that's not true. But number two, but in our minds, we rationalize this, right? This is what sin does. Sin makes us, as our pastor, our lead pastor, Corey, says, sin makes us stupid. That's what sin does. It makes us think we can get out of something by engaging in sin even more. So we lie sometimes to avoid consequences. Check this out. There's a story in the Bible where Sarah and Abraham, they were older in age, and God promised them a, a son. And Sarah decides to laugh about it. Like, <laughs> what, what are you talking about, God? Like, I am 90 years old. I'm not going to have a kid. And so here's what happened. This is a funny exchange. This is Genesis 18, 13. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? And God says, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, when I return to you about this time next year, Sarah shall have a son. Verse 15, but Sarah denied it. She denied laughing to who? 
God directly. Doesn't make any sense. So she denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. Afraid of what? Consequences. And then Jesus said, he said, no, but you did. But you did laugh is what happened right there. Called her out immediately. Man, we lie because we're trying to avoid consequences. If I can, if I can just make this seem this way, then I won't have to deal with any of the consequences. Well, again, who are we aligning ourselves with? We're speaking the native language of the enemy. So we lie maybe to avoid consequences. We also lie sometimes to hurt others. Some of us in this room have people in our lives that we would love to see suffer. That sounds aggressive, maybe to some, but unfortunately, there are some people in this room that want to see others suffer. So what they do is they conjure up these stories, they inflate or exaggerate the way things went down, and they put someone up in a negative light and put them on full display for everybody to see something that's completely untrue. We see this in the story of Joseph. If you don't know the story of Joseph, Joseph is on the run, has been betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, is now at a, at a man named Potiphar's house. What happens? Potiphar's wife is attracted to Joseph, tries to take him for herself. Joseph says no. Potiphar's wife looks at Potiphar and says, this boy tried to get with me, your wife. She wanted him to suffer because she felt humiliated. So what happened? He got sent to prison. Her lie was to push it off of her, all the humiliation off of her, and put it onto someone else so that they can suffer. Man, sometimes we don't realize it, but we put people in positions. Because of our own lies, we put people in positions to suffer. So maybe that's it. We, we lie to avoid consequences. We lie to hurt others. The third thing, we lie for personal gain, don't we? There's a story in Acts chapter 5 about a man and a woman named Ananias and Sapphira. What they were supposed to do in Acts is they were coming together as a church that would bring different supplies in. And they would say, hey, as a church, we're going to put these things in the middle. Anybody who has need will get them whatever they need. Well, Ananias and Sapphira, they only brought some things. And then when they said, hey, is this everything? They're like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's everything. Well, they're, they're lying because they wanted to keep things for themselves, for their own personal gain. And the Bible says, it's actually a crazy story. The Bible says, um, because you have not lied to me, this is what Peter said, you haven't lied to me, you've lied to the Holy Spirit, um, so you're dead. And she falls down and dies. And then people come in, take her body away. In fact, the husband came in first and did the same exact thing, and those same guys took their body away too. Significant consequences. But they lied for personal gain. Maybe you're in a place where you're saying, hey, um, if, if I can just make someone believe something, then I would get more out of it. Maybe if I tell someone that I'm good at these things, and then maybe I lie in a, in a in a job interview, or maybe I'm, I'm lying in, in some type of leadership kind of position that, that somebody's put me up for, and I'm making things up about myself to make me seem better than I actually am. It's my own personal gain. Maybe that's a reason that we lie. The fourth thing would be to improve our status, to make ourselves look better than we might be, maybe even to maintain a certain status. 
You see this in the story of Jacob and Esau, where Jacob steals Esau's birthright. In fact, Esau gave him the birthright, but then he deceives his father Isaac by putting on a bunch of animal fur to play as Esau, and he gets his birthright. Jacob could have done it a different way, but instead wanted something for himself to improve his status. So maybe in your life, there are things that you're doing to lie in order for somebody to think differently about you. Maybe you're, maybe you're the, the typical Christian church kid that comes every week on a Wednesday or a Sunday, and you're serving, and you're doing all these things. You know your Bible. You bring your Bible. Man, you're just A-plus person. But that's just a projection you want others to think of you. And in reality, what we're actually doing on the inside is we're depressed. We're lonely. We are giving into habitual sin over and over and over again. We don't have true community. We're not engaging in any accountability. But nobody knows that. Because if I could just do these things, then everybody will think this of me. So maybe it's to improve our status. Or maybe it's to spare feelings. You ever lied because you know how the other person's going to respond, so it's just better for you to just lie? That's what David did. David saw this woman, Bathsheba, took her, took her for himself, then called her husband to come home. Could have said, hey, by the way, Uriah, I messed up. I did something wrong. Let's work through it. But he didn't think Uriah could take that, so what does he do instead? Sends him off on the front lines to die. Not sure that's a great alternative. But man, there's sometimes when we need to be truthful, but we're worried about what's going to happen with how somebody's going to respond. We're worried about how somebody's going to feel if we were to actually be honest with them. The reality is, is that there, it doesn't really matter what the consequences might be. Every time we lie, we align ourselves far more with the enemy than we ever do with God. So here's, here's what I want, I want us to understand, is that it's not just something that we say or not just something that we do, but people who lie, it comes from something within. There is a heart posture inside each of us that pushes us towards lying that we either lean into or we don't. Here's what God's word says. This is Colossians chapter 3. This is Paul writing to encourage the church at Colossae and trying to help them understand what it looks like to be united in the midst of persecution. And this is what he says. He says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. You've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So now he's saying, here's the reason and the motivation not to lie. You remember who you were before you were saved? You've put that off. That's done. That's gone with. So don't lie because that's already gone. You don't have to lie. Instead, be truthful and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge. It's not just something that we say or do. There is a heart issue that if we have not truly been transformed by the work of Jesus Christ in our lives, and we're going to lean into lying over and over again. Can I just say something real quick? I think there are more people that are struggling with lying that are not listening at all. And I hope, I hope that maybe during this short time that we have in God's word, that you would just find one nugget. And if, if you didn't listen to anything because you were on your phone the entire night, 
I promise you I won't judge you. If you want to come up to me afterwards, I can hand you my notes. I can print them off, actually. We'll go back to my office. I'll print them off. And I can hand those to you. So if you want to, you can go back to your phones if you need to. Uh, just come see me afterwards, and we can get some notes uh, printed out for you. Here's what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. Check this out. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. People who lie, I think probably need to lean into the fact, okay, why am I consistently lying? Is there a chance that even though we say that God is in us, that that's actually not the case? Because what 1 John has just told us is that those who say, I know him, but they don't keep his commandments. Keeping his commandments would understand that lying is is something that God would detest, an abomination to God. If you're not willing to keep that in any way, shape, or form, then what the Bible says right here is that the truth is not in him. If you're in this room and you're struggling with lying and you can't get out of it, consider yourself a, you consider yourself a pathological liar or just constantly over and over again, just can't stop lying, then I would love a chance to hang out with you and talk with you to even see, man, is, is the Holy Spirit in you? Do, you? do you actually believe what we're talking about? Have you leaned into who Jesus has called you to be? Lying is one of those things that when you see it often, it indicates a pretty significant heart struggle. Don't ignore that because people have glorified lying. Instead, lean into that to understand. Three quick things and then we'll wrap this up. What do I do now? Let's say we understand, all right, God doesn't like it, detestable abomination. This is actually Satan's native language, so I know that there's a pretty significant contrast where the Bible would say this is not good. I probably do lie to try and justify myself, maybe use the technically thing quite a bit. Maybe that's just where I am. I know that there's probably a hard struggle that I need to lean into, so what am I supposed to do about it? Three quick things. One, confess those things that you're lying about to godly counsel. Maybe you confess it to your parents, the person that you've been lying to the most. Maybe you confess it to your teacher, the person you lied to in their face. Your boss, somebody, maybe it's somebody, one of your leaders here at the church. Confess to that person. And if that person, if that person would say, how dare you, you are disgusting, just get away from me, then then I think that there's probably some damage that needs to be revisited and then we can work through that. But I, I'm willing to bet that if you go up to somebody and you say, hey, listen, I need to tell you something. I'm really sorry, but I, I lied to you and I should not have. I, I'm, willing, I'm willing to bet that that person would probably respond pretty graciously, probably still hurt and disappointed, but a little more graciously than if you got caught in it. Confess to godly counsel. Uh, number two would be be surrounded by truth. How can you put yourself in a position to be surrounded by truth? I, I believe that God's word is truth. Surround yourself in truth by being engaged in God's word. By when we come into this space, that you're paying attention and locked in to what God would have for you. 
Maybe you would just take your phone and kind of sit on it. If, that, if that's a big distraction, maybe just an opportunity to kind of just like, no, I, I can't. I don't need it right now. I'm just going to give you a few minutes of engagement, God. Be surrounded by truth. And the third thing, number three, would be to trust God. I know that sounds pretty simple, pretty cliche. But here's what, here's what the enemy would say. Lying brings freedom. Freedom from consequences, right? If I can lie, I don't have to worry about the bondage of being grounded or the bondage of having somebody not trust me. But man, if, if God is telling us pretty clearly in his word that this is an abomination, then, then we, we have to honor what he's called us to do. We have to trust that being truthful is actually more liberating for us than to live in a lie. Let me ask you this. Isn't it exhausting? Like, isn't it exhausting to be caught up in a lie over and over again? It, man, that was a lot of my younger years in life, and it is, it's tiring, and it's stressful. Is that person going to find it? Are they, am I going to get caught? Is somebody going to tell someone? Is some, it's brutal. That's not liberating. That's not true freedom. Here's what John 8, 31 and 32 is. This is where I told you to turn to the beginning. I want you to underline this if you have a pen. Highlight it if you have it on your phone app. This is huge. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, which is to surround yourself in truth, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And what's that last line? The truth will set you free. I don't know if maybe you thought that was a movie quote or just something you've read on a mug before, but this is what God's word says. That truth does not bond us. Truth does not make us live in bondage. What it does is it frees us. And sure, we might walk through a couple consequences because of it, but I promise you, nothing is more liberating than living in the truth that God has provided for us. So here's what I want to do real quick. I want you to bow your heads with me. We're, we're going to do something just a little bit different tonight. I, I believe there's a lot of us in this room that are, that are battling this. And we have no idea what to do about it. During this next song, what I want you to do is not stand up. I want you to, I mean, if, you, if it's an emergency and you have to go to the bathroom then go for it. But I think you can wait five or six minutes. And I just want you to just imagine that you're the only person in this room and that right now it is only you and God. And I just want you to spend some time in prayer. And I just want you to ask God, God, to forgive you of any lying that you have been doing. You would ask God to engage with you, to surround you with truth to give you the boldness to confess to godly counsel. And if some of you in this room don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe that's a place that you need to start. If you have any questions about that, I'll be in the back, Nick's in the back, Bo's in the back. We'd love to talk with you through that. But during this next song, at least just the first part of it, I, don't, I just want you to sit there, I want you to bow your head, and I just want you to be alone with the Lord. And just pray and beg Him to help you this struggle that you might have. I'm going to pray, 
I'm going to say amen, and then you're going to stay in that position unless you really have to go. And I just want you to be alone with the Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us. God, help us to help us to lean into the truth. We live in a world that is giving us lies each and every day that we've got to sort through, God. But if we are not in your word, we won't know how to sort it out. God, give us perspective. God, give us the opportunity to engage with godly counsel. God, help us to know who you are even more because of our engagement in your word. God, be with us tonight as we spend time with you. Help us to love you more because of it. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.